Father in heaven, we thank you for this opportunity to come before your throne of grace. Let us find mercy and let us find grace in our time of need. We need you so much, Lord. We honor you. We love you. We thank you. We bless you and we praise you. In the name of Jesus, open our hearts and our minds and our eyes and and our expectation. Increase our expectation of good. And we thank you for it, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen and praise God. Amen, amen, amen. So we're going to talk today about healing for the soul and prosperity of the soul. Really, when your soul is healed, it prospers. And uh, one of the things that that uh, um, always encouraged me uh, once I got saved was that God wanted to do more in the realm of uh, our minds, our souls, our hearts, our understanding, our emotions, everything that that comes forth out of the brain or out of the mind or, or you know our cerebral area has to be healed. Everybody has to have healing for the soul. Amen. Uh, because if we don't get it, none of what God promises us is ever going to come to pass for us. So healing for the soul. And it's not something you just like, well, you, you take yourself aside. I got to get my soul healed over here and I got to get it. It's an automatic process. Amen. Because the Bible said healing is the children's bread. And, uh, there must, and, and God said that we are to pray for our daily bread. So we're supposed to be healed somewhere every day. And that's what God saved us for, so that He could provide daily healing for us. Well, what's the other thing that God tells us to do every day? We're supposed to read our Bible every day. You know, that's kind of like a habit with most believers. I know sometimes we skip a day or two or we're not as diligent. Uh, you know, at times, but daily we should be seeking God. Daily we should be, uh, seeking His Word. We should be fellowshipping, sharing, uh, thoughts and ideas with God through the Word. This is something that He's assigned for us every day. Uh, the daily portion for us is, is throughout Scripture. When uh, Israel came over into the wilderness, God fed them every morning. They woke up with manna, which Jesus later referred to as the bread from heaven. That was a bread from heaven. And then he referred to himself. He said, I am that bread from heaven. Amen. And so all of these these indicators point to a daily contact with God. When Adam was in the garden, he had daily contact with God. The Bible says that God walked, he walked with the voice of God in the cool of the day. Amen. And so it's, it's amazing how we, we think we can go a long time without that daily contact, but, but pretty soon you run out of gas, you run out of steam, you run out of, you're panting. Amen. Uh, as a deer pants for the water, my soul cries for the living God. You want life in your soul. You don't want soul death for the rest of your life. And so it's it's good to understand that God has already set aside that portion for us. He's already ordained uh, uh, healing, uh, restoration, uh, uh, health, prosperity of our soul. There's another scripture in, in 1 John, uh, 3 John 1, 
in verse 2, uh, we like this one because we're talking about our soul prospering. You know, we, we think when we see prosper, we think touching. <laughs> Everybody does. I do. You know, I mean, but, but here he's talking about something that's going to be real good for you and that's for your soul to prosper. Amen. When your soul prospers, you really take on the nature of God. You take on his holiness. You take on a, a, a different dimension of his character. And so this is, this is the, the quest of, of the new creation man to conform to the image of Christ. And how do we conform? By the renewing of our minds. It has to be a soul process that, that this all comes together and then brings us rest, brings us peace and prosperity. When your soul prospers, the rest of you is an automatic win. Amen. Your, the rest of you will come along uh, for the party or for the ride when your soul prospers. So it's just always good to allow God to, to, uh, um, have his way there and, and seek him. Uh, when we have uh, worry or fear or anything that's disturbing to your soul, we're to go to the word of God and get peace again in your soul where the fragments of your soul kind of come back together again. They're not, you're not over here thinking this and over here thinking that. Maybe I can do this and maybe this will work and maybe that'll work and maybe that'll work or depressed because none of it works. Amen. So we need this. Everybody who, who ever born needs this. We're born in sin and shaped in iniquity. And so this, this uh, shaping uh, of of darkness has to be undone light has to come in and reform recreate reshape re uh re uh, uh imagine even uh get enlightened in your mind and let that newness take over and and begin to take hold because that's where your 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 answer in god that's where your um Answers to prayer, all of those are dependent on the prosperity of your soul. Amen. Uh, when, when God ordained for us to come back to Him, it was through the soul. Amen. Faith comes by hearing. Whatever you get from God has to be triggered by your faith in His Word. In, in Romans 10, we see what we call the Roman road, but it is the way to everything. In the kingdom of God, amen, that that we are to, uh, faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. Let me turn there so I can kind of line this up. I wasn't sure where I was going to start, but start at the beginning. Start where you start. <laughs> amen. He says the word in verse 8, the word is near you. It's in your mouth and in your heart. The word of faith that we preach. So what you must do is hear the word first and then confess with your mouth and believe in your heart. You shall receive salvation or the benefit of it with a heart. Man believes under righteousness. So this is how the process starts of your your new walk, your new way, your new life in Christ. It starts with hearing. That's why we were out yesterday. People needed to hear. They need to hear what you had to say. And so as they hear, faith comes. You just make a decision to believe what you hear and to disbelieve what's been troubling you. Amen. So in, in people can't 
do this, this process won't happen for them if they don't get the word of God in there somewhere. So somebody's got to go tell. Somebody's got to go preach and somebody's got to go give them the answer that they need so that they can get on the road of getting their soul healed so that they can then get the peace of God. They can get then get the understanding from God and they can get in a rest mode and get in a, a peace mode. So if righteousness comes by believing the word of God, then rest is righteousness too. It's a form of righteousness. Rest is a form of holiness. The Bible says that that God would not let them enter into their rest, talking about Israel, because of unbelief. So if if uh, unbelief is unholy, then faith is holy. Faith is righteousness. When you put your faith in God's word, that brings a holiness into you. And holiness always creates seed after its own kind so once you're born again that righteous seed gets planted in your heart and as you grab more word that seed of righteousness begins to increase and begins to sprout and you begin to get more understanding of god you get more peace more holiness more righteousness it just increases amen uh and it in in this is to be a lifelong process this is how we prosper in god this is how you are able to believe god this is how you're able to start believing him for small things and then you go up to big things or things that we consider big to us they're all the same size to god but but we get challenged more and more as we walk with God. And and we we're not fearful of the challenge. See, when you have peace with God and you have rest with God, you're not fa- fearful when your faith is challenged, you know, you may want it to be all over by now. Amen. <laughs> but the Bible says when the son of man comes, shall he find faith? So somebody's got to be believing something. I mean, we can't all go on vacation. You get everything you need and then quit believing, go lay down somewhere. That's not how he's planned it. And that's not. Jesus walked the walk of faith up into the cross and beyond. Amen. And so we have to fight. He said, take up your cross and follow me. Amen. So your cross may be anything. You, you just Yours is different than mine, but they all heavy. And we all wish they was over with already, don't we? So it's just, we just got pick it up. Amen. But you will find rest for your soul. Amen. You always find rest for your soul. So, um, I, I think that's where I'll, I'll go then in Matthew eleven twenty nine. This is so, such a blessing because Jesus wants us to have rest. I mean, that's one thing that I know the anointing will give you. That is peace and rest. If you don't understand how to get all your bills paid and, and, you know, you might stress a little bit here and there, but you will eventually come to a rest about it. You're not going to keep worrying about it. You're not going to do anything impulsive. You, there's something in you that anchors you in God. Amen. Because he, it's like once God does something for you one time, that imprint is there. See, you you go back to that, he'll do that again, you know. 
Uh, you may not like the fact that you got to ask again or that you'd have messed up again, but you know he'll do it again. Amen. He'll never cut you off. He just won't. And and even if you think that, he won't let you continue to think crazy. Amen. He'll straighten you out. He will straighten you out and get you. Because he's, he's not going to let you believe a lie. The spirit of truth is not going to let you believe a lie. He's going to always bring you back in the truth. So in Matthew 11 and verse, he says here, verse 28, come unto me. That's so wonderful. I mean, that right there puts you on cloud nine. Somebody tell you to come to them. Lord, all you that labor and are heavy laden. Some people are burdened and don't even know it. They think it's normal because they don't know anything any different. That's why we pray for people. You know, and I, I, there is not, there was not a person yesterday that we asked if we could pray for them that didn't just, you know, succumb, I guess you could say. They just <laughs> surrendered. And that's so good. You know, to me, that's an assign, that's a sign of a greater anointing that God has put on his people amen or if he if it's not on everybody it's available because if it shows up for one it'll show up for everybody else if they'll seek it amen you know so understand how to just let god lead you and guide you into those those situations you know you don't have to uh get forceful with people or debate anybody or you know just just wait for that door wait for that grace to show up amen wait for that butter to show up. Amen. The Holy Ghost butter. It's smooth like butter. That's what we look for. Amen. His yoke is easy and his burden is light. He says that. You don't have to strong arm nobody. Amen. So he says here, uh, all you who labor and are heavy laden and I will give you rest. Amen. In other words, I'll give you holiness. I'll give you righteousness. See, there's no law against those things. So that's where the butter comes in. You just slide right on in like butter. Amen. And so he says, and take my yoke upon you and learn of me. So this is not like a one-shot, one-time thing. Don't ever think God's tired of you. Don't ever think he's not going to do it again, no matter how many times you, you know, our problem sometimes is our pride. We think we're not supposed to have to ask God for anything anymore, you know, I'm, I'm good, I'm this, I'm that, or we're embarrassed because here we are again, amen. You know, sin is really just missing the mark. It doesn't make you a bad person. It just makes you a person prone to do what comes naturally. God wants us to do what comes supernaturally. So we got to learn how to do that, Amen. And and that's why the blood cleanses us over and over and over again. It never stops cleansing us because we always need it. I mean, even if you're not doing anything wrong, you know, whatever you think that is, your mind can, can wander and you mess yourself up. You know, your mind wander on some stuff it's not supposed to wander on and you start liking it and you find out you're wandering right back there again. Bible talks about the sin that so easily besets us. 
So we running for our lives 24-7. You know what I'm saying? And most Christians aren't aiming to do bad. They're, a lot of them are aiming to do good, but they miss it. Amen. They're just aiming wrong. Don't know how to shoot the correct bullet yet. Amen. Just because you missed the target the first day, don't disqualify you. Yeah. People who, who, uh, you know, teach people things like, you know, archery and, and gun, you know, shooting and that kind of stuff. They don't get mad at you because you keep missing the target. They just, their job is to help you aim better. Amen. So that's what the Holy Spirit is. He helps us aim better. Amen. So it's not anybody wants to do bad or, or anything like that, but, but you do miss it sometimes. Even, even on your best days of trying, you can miss it sometimes. But thank God we, our sins are forgiven. Past, present, and future. And he washes us clean. And you're not tripping up on your dirty skirts anymore. You're, you're in your robe of righteousness. Amen. No, we have a better covenant. You don't just have somebody say you're off the hook, but you know you off the hook because you don't have any guilt, any recollection. Amen. You can go and walk, you know, confidently. You know, people who aren't confident will eventually stumble because they have overhang, hangover from their sin. You know, a dead conscience, the conscience doing dead works. But the blood purges that, gets all every little bit of it out. That's how you can go out confidently. You can mess up and do something wrong and ask forgiveness and go out confidently the next time to go and get that thing. That's the power of the blood. No recollection on your part. God is wonderful. He doesn't half fix us. He fixes us 100%. So Jesus said, you got some learning to do, Lucy. Huh? So he said, take my yoke upon you. Hook up with me. I'm walking partner and partner with you through life. And learn of me. And if you learn of me, you'll be like me. What is he? He's meek and lowly of heart. He's looking for people who are meek and lowly of heart. Not proud, arrogant, boastful. None of that nonsense. Put that away. Amen. You don't have anything to prove to God. He knows all about you. And he loves you anyway. Amen. Loves you anyhow. He says, and when you hook up with me, you'll find rest for your souls. Because I do the heavy lifting. Amen. He says, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Amen. So he, whenever you're connected to the Lord, you have that peace about you. You have that rest about you. You have that understanding of what God expects from you. You have all of the good things. You don't have any of that hangover from your sinful life. You don't have any of that nonsense that you used to do amen i was thinking i was thinking i was just sitting thinking today and something came to me it was something i did years ago that was stupid 
And I said, Lord, you know what? I thank you my sins are forgiven. Maybe I have your attitude about it now, but years ago I would have been crushed to know I had done such a thing. Amen. But the weight of it, the burden of it is gone. Amen. It's not that you don't remember your past life, but the weight and the burden of it are gone. Why? He took it away. You can't have it no more because you can't make yourself feel bad about your past. The Holy Ghost won't let you. He said, come on now, let's move on. Think about something else. We we got work to do here. <laughs> I need you in the word. I need your mind renewed. I need you looking for me to help you with stuff. I don't need you looking back. Amen. Paul murdered Christians. And he said, this one thing I do... <laughs> When somebody who has has been a, as prolific in God as he is, when they say this one thing, I, you do that one thing. You make sure you copy that down, put a date beside it, underline it, and highlight it, and do that one thing. Amen. But he says, forgetting the things, he said, I keep pressing. He said, my future is better than my past was rotten. He said, yeah, my past was rotten, but my future is much brighter. I press toward the light. That's up ahead of me. And you keep pressing forward. You don't let the devil and his minions start telling you who you are, what you used to do, and you ain't what kind of Christian are you. You understand what I'm saying? Let the devil have his fun someplace else. But you don't sit and listen to that. Amen. You keep pressing. Because the devil would love to stop you and get you stopped in your tracks from going forward and listening to a bunch of old nonsense, made up stuff, lies, excuses, all that. You don't have time for that. You got time to press. Amen. Paul said, I'm going somewhere. I got a target in front of me and I'm headed toward it. Not sitting back listening to that nonsense. You know, if if people want to sit up and and reflect on negative things, let them have that. Let them have that kind of lunch. Amen. But you feed on the word. The word takes you and propels you forward. Amen. And it keeps you in righteousness. Keep meditating on him. Amen. Keep meditating on the word. Keep mumbling it to yourself under your breath. Keep thanking God for saving you over and over and over again. Amen. It was a glorious day when I got saved. (laughs) Amen. And it's still glorious. So there's much to be thankful for. Amen. Don't let the devil pull you down. We all got work to do. We all got stuff that's still ahead of us. (laughs) I got some prayers that haven't been answered too, just like you do. Amen. But I have them by faith. I'm not letting them get me down. See, that's the that's the life of righteousness. It's what righteousness does to you. So God wants our souls healed. Well, we don't have to live in the the past, in the doldrums, in the oh, I used to do so and so. Used to is the operative word, folks. Don't do it no more. In fact, that person that used to do that is dead already. Amen. 
Let let that person be just like the mafia says, you're dead to me. Amen. Let that person be dead to you. <laughs> Amen. Dead people don't talk, don't think, don't speak, and don't act. Amen. So you don't have any of those actions coming forth in your life anymore. We have newness. Amen. So God wants us to live in this newness. He wants us to live in the rest that he's ordained for our souls. Amen. Did I do Matthew eleven twenty nine? Come unto me. All, yeah, we have rest for our souls. That rest is so important because it points to holiness. It points to righteousness. When you're at rest, everything about you understands that there's no problems. See, that's what God wants us to get to that place. No problems. Amen. Not one. When you rest, everything is, is invested now in the kingdom. There's no problems in the kingdom. Amen. There's only righteousness, peace, and joy. There's love abounding. There's grace to, to enable us to do the things that God wants us to do. They may look like they're challenging to us. But God has provided everything that we need so that we can accomplish what he has before us. Amen. We needn't be afraid that God's going to give us something too hard to do. Amen. His yoke is easy. His burden is light. It's wonderful. Amen. Amen. So there is an anointing that Jesus talked about. Well, let me, let me go over my definition of rest because it's, it's something I think uh, we need to go over because when you say rest, it's like, okay, my soul is reclining on a couch. Well, my soul is having a time out. No, rest really means to settle down. Huh? Settle down. It means to dwell. It means it's, it, and to stay. To let alone. To remain, to cease, to give comfort, to be quiet, to withdraw, and to be undisturbed. So Jesus paid the price for your soul to withdraw from fear and torment, from it to withdraw from, from upset and, and fear of being displaced, fear of lack, fear of loss. Fear of sickness, fear of any of that stuff. It, fear is the most tormenting spirit. Amen. Because it nags at you all the time. When something's not quite in place in your life, in the natural, fear can grab onto that and nag at you all the time. It'll never get fixed. It, oh boy, how did this happen? And, you know, just a million different thoughts to torment you. While you focus on lack. Amen. You need to focus on abundance. Focus on provision. Focus on God. Focus on the word. So when when that torment and that fear comes in and tries to grip us, God has an answer for us in his word. And we're to adopt that answer and meditate on that 
And that's how your soul is healed. God doesn't want you being fearful about anything. Amen. He didn't give you that spirit. But he gave you a spirit of confidence, empowerment, soundness in your thinking. When your thoughts are sound, they don't run all over the place. And they don't keep you nervous and keep you upset. You know, some people are allergic to peace. They just got to find something to be upset about. They go grab something for way back somewhere. Well, what about that? What do we see that happen once? Shut up and go get in your word. Amen. So, so this is why God gives us, uh, this answer and this prosperity and this rest and this healing for our souls. See, when your soul, when was the sins, the soul that is, is a sinful soul is a sick soul. It's not healthy. It's not healed. God never meant for us to live with iniquity in us, with fear in us. He didn't give us any of that. And Jesus paid a ransom for our souls to be brought back into fellowship and harmony with God. So really what we're doing is we're coming back into agreement with God. We're coming back into harmony with God. We're coming back into total fellowship with God through the new birth. And through the renewing of our minds and through the healing of our souls. You know, the, the Bible says that the word is medicine. So the first medicine we need is, is a dose that will cause us to come out of fear, torment, lack, all of that stuff. And come over into kingdom thinking. And so once you come out of something, you have to come into something greater. The, so, so really, the, the old man, the man that sinned all the time, the one that died when you got born again, he is much, much weaker once you're saved than he's ever been. And see, what people need to keep in mind is that your spirit man, who is the greater one, he is empowered by the greater one. Greater than what? Greater than the simple person you used to be. See, sin has no dominion. It does, it can't boss you around anymore. It's just a, 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 an illusion. It's a, a ruse the enemy uses. But what he does is he's relentless in his pressure. And that's what makes him seem powerful to people. Because he doesn't give up. He got nothing better to do. Just come by your place and start making you worry about this, that, and the other, and tormenting you, and showing you this is gonna happen bad, and that's gonna happen bad, and oh, you know, if you don't, if you, you know, you gotta pray for your your kids to get saved, because if they, the devil just kill them out there doing what they doing. You understand what I'm saying? And so, if if you don't have a good anchor on your soul. And you allow that to enter in, you'll just follow that little rabbit trail of, oh boy, I gotta do this and I gotta do that. When God says they're saved already. He don't care how they act and they're saved already. Amen. And really it's just an act. It's something the devil's getting them to do to perform to upset you. If you'll let it. Amen. So always Pick up the, the healed part of your soul. Let that manifest. Let that dominate your life. Let that 
be what's up front for you so that you don't pull back and and fall into that that worry phase or that spend a whole half a day thinking about nothing but what can go wrong you understand what i'm saying uh, we we have to let our souls get healed from that give give your brain a rest you know just take it out of your head for half a day and sit it on the dresser and say brain rest in jesus name stop this nonsense we're on the bigger and better things and let that be your 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 happy place to say, this is my happy place. Getting your word is your happy place. Amen. Let that be your happy place. <laughs> Amen. And and allow God to just begin to uh, let your mind experience the mind of Christ. Amen. Let yourself experience that where no troubles, all answers, all encouragement, all you can do it through him. He's going to strengthen you through it. So, so learn about him. Learn the things that God wants you to do and learn how to, to take on the health, the, the, the mental health of God. Amen. The soul health of God. You know, your soul is more than your mind. It's your mind, your will, your emotions, your memories, everything that comes out of your soul, even your, your, uh, senses, your sight, sound, touch, and all of that comes through your soul. And so we have to learn how to turn those things over to God and let him begin to prosper our souls and and allow us to get get where he wants us to be. So so the apostle John had no better wish for us than we would prosper and be in health as our souls prosper. What he was saying is as you increase in the word of God in the, your inner man, your, your soul man. He said, I want that to manifest in the natural. He said, I want you to experience blessing. I want you to spe- experience in health. I want you to experience walking in, in fearlessness and confidence and prosperity in God. I want you to experience those things. Amen. And not let them be like just a faith thing all the time, but let it be something that you walk in continually. That was his prayer for the church. And that's really God's prayer for us. He doesn't want us waiting forever for, for everything. You know, there's some things that might take some time, might take some tea, might take some brewing. Amen. Some pickles might take some pickling, you know, some setting and settling. But that's not everything. But see, even if you don't have what you feel you want, and we all have wants in the material realm, you still have his peace, his joy, his love. So we live, he's training us to live more out of the inner than the outer. I wish 15 ministers could understand that. Do you understand what I'm saying? We get so focused on this world's goods. I'm thinking to myself, we on this again? I thought we leaving that stuff down here. What can we take with us? You take your soul that's restored. You can take your spirit. You can take other souls that you've won to Christ. You can take people that you've blessed and, and made sure that they had a good life too. You can do all those things. Amen. You take your reward with you. And it ain't, you know, something you can drive or live in. It's, it's, or where. 
It's it's the the uh, spiritual things. How prosperous is your soul? How much have you allowed God to heal your soul? Just bring you peace there and bring you expectation of good. All of those things. I was I was I told Pastor Shirley yesterday I was kind of uh, stricken by the fact that everybody came up for prayer. Uh, told us they were standing on a scripture already, you know, or they, they speak in scripture to us and, you know, all this kind of stuff. And I'm thinking, but you still got a need, you see. And, and it led me to, to think about the fact that so many people are not in church. See, if nothing else, the church will help you stay on the right road and teach you, give you revelation under, there's so many things that, that are, you know, Ministers are gifts to humanity. And if you never open up the gift, you know, you got a piece of puzzle pieces, but they don't come together. Until you get submitted to the authority. Jesus didn't make a mistake when he, when he created the church. Amen. The, the Romans pierced his side to pour out blood and water to birth the church. Do you understand? To make sure that he was dead. Amen. And so it, he didn't do that for nothing, you know. And I was thinking about that. I said, now here everybody is like people were coming to us with a, a bunch of puzzle pieces and dumping them on the table and say, here, you put it together for me. See, this is what the church does. See, you can fragment all you want to off YouTube and off Facebook and all these other people. You know, you love this preacher and you love that preacher. But until you submit to your, yourself to to the church, the fivefold, that blessing of putting it together is not going to come together for you. There's a purpose for the church. I don't care who says we're a non-essential. That's the devil right there. And see, there's so many people that believe that now because they think they're okay. But they're basically just surviving out there and not very well. So don't forsake assembling yourselves together. You know, it's one thing if you're housebound, God's a merciful God. He'll find somebody that can feed you. I was fed from a distance when I was first saved. I was housebound. I was too scared to go out of my house. And if I went to the wrong church, I ran out of there. You know, some of them sisters get to jumping and wiggling all around and throwing their wigs around and stuff. And, you know, I I was right out the door. Your nerve, your, a good nerve can't take too much of that. My goodness. But, um, you know, it, you know, there are some situations where people can't get out. But there aren't many of them. When you can get, you ask God where to go. There you go. <laughs> Go and stay there. Amen. You know, when Jesus said he went, he left the 90 and 9 and went to find the one lost one, that wasn't a sinner he was looking for. That was a saved person. Because they were already in the sheepfold. And one got out. So that's the prodigal he's after. That's the backslider he's after. Amen. He goes after those. So how did Jesus, how does he heal our souls? The anointing and the word. You need both of them. Amen. 
the word is the only thing that is anointed. Okay? God doesn't anoint people's ideas and all this kind of nonsense. You have to pay for this anointing. It's, it ain't cheap neither, baby. <laughs> you gotta keep paying for it over and over and over again. <laughs> you can't get on easy street. Yeah, I'm anointed. I'm on easy street. <laughs> in Luke chapter 4, in verse, I think it's 18, he says, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me, number one, to release words. The anointing always follows words. Amen. In, in the anointing manifests because of words that are spoken under that influence. Amen. And so he's anointed me to preach the good news to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted. Amen. That's everybody. If nothing else, when Adam and Eve fell, their hearts were broken. Because the devil likes that kind of stuff. He likes setting you up and, and making you think everything's going to be wonderful. And then he can get in there and do something to upset your life. Amen. Happens to people all the time. You see young girls that, you know, they're teenagers and they want to get married and have a family and grow up and, you know, have a boyfriend or husband or whatever. And nowadays you don't know what people want, but you know, they, I dated myself with those ideas, but you know, <laughs> and you know, they'll meet some guy and he's very nice to him for a season, but people get tired. <laughs> not blame. I'm not letting no man get off the hook or woman either. Amen. But people get tired. And you're going to get broken hearted. Because people are just out of them being tired and not able to provide everything you're expecting. Or whatever it is, you can be broken hearted. Children are born into situations that are heartbreaking. I mean, it, it just, it's amazing the trouble that there is out there for innocent people. I'm talking small children who have never done anything wrong to anybody. So everybody needs to be healed of brokenheartedness. Or God would not have had him. Jesus mentioned this, one of the first things. He he said nothing here about broken bodies. He says the anointing heals the broken of heart. Amen. And to preach deliverance to captives. There are people captive don't even know they're captive. They think they're having fun. Amen. And to re- the recovering of sight to the blind. Then he healed natural blindness and spiritual blindness. But the first thing the anointing does, but that word penetrates your soul and you get enlightened. Amen. You can, you can look on a person's face and tell once the word begins to hit them that that power of that word will cause a reaction to all human flesh and also to their spirit. Amen. So their spirit becomes enlightened. Amen. Recovering of sight to the blind. To set at liberty those that are bruised. Bruised. What's that? Well, liberty, bruised. Come on now. Liberty has to do with freedom. And, and you've been shackled and you've been bound. 
But if you're bruised, you need to breathe free. Bruised people walk around in a box because they don't want to get bruised again. They don't want anybody bumping up against them, getting close because they are so tender and they're so, huh? So really what Jesus is saying is that whether you're physically sick or not, you need this. This is for everybody. Amen. This children's bread, this daily dose of the word that heals your soul is necessary for everybody. Amen. You sit up and listen to some of the stuff that's on the news or on television. You sit, you say, you know what? Let me get in my word. These people out here is crazy. I need to, huh? I, <laughs> I, I need to, I done got bruised again. I need my liberty back. Amen. They rubbing up against me the wrong way. They give you a daily infusion of anger so that they make sure news people make sure you mad at somebody every day. Huh? They can keep you stirred up and crazy and you know, this person over here will see they don't like you because you black and they don't like you because you Asian. They don't like you because you Hispanic. And it, it, it's just a daily infusion of hate. And if people aren't careful to, to get over in your word and find out that them people don't put no bread on your table, who, what do you care if they don't like you or not? That has nothing to do with anything. People get closed up in their houses and start wanting to shoot people because they're so fearful and paranoid. You understand what I'm saying? So the word, we need the word, the children's bread every day to restore our souls back to normal. Amen. We're not talking about anything extraordinary. We're just talking about being everyday normal and getting your peace of mind back. You sit up and listen to that nonsense. <laughs> you know, there used to be some few little safe havens on the television. You know, you could get the, the house channel or the cooking channel. That kept you out of trouble. Amen. Then the food, you start thinking about all the preachers that preach about eating the wrong thing. You know, you go to them to get the word and they want to tell you to get on something, how to eat and how to be on a diet and go get you. You understand what I'm saying? I mean, it's hard to find a refuge for your soul. You gotta be careful. I used to say that when I preached, I quit saying it. I say, y'all watch too much Christian television. You understand what I'm saying? You get all these bizarre ideas, you know. People want to keep a show on and they got money, got money coming in, they'll put anything on there. And a lot of preachers are scared to put anybody on there that's really got a message. <laughs> As for the comparison shoppers, you start looking at them and saying, hmm, they preach better than you do. And this is your show. Amen. So, so we need to have this, this healing for our souls. It's, it's mandated. It's what Jesus died to give us. I can say this much. If you can go to sleep every night, you're a wealthy person. If you're not tormented by what's wrong in your life and what you need to do and what's not done yet, you are a wealthy person. So your soul has prospered. Amen. So this anointing binds up the brokenhearted. 
brokenness has to be healed. You have to be put back together again. There are experiences that people have that cause fragments of their soul to be uh, occupied by demonic influence, demonic activity. There are some people who are tormented by by thoughts of of worthlessness and what they call low self esteem, you know. But but it's really lies of the devil that come to your mind. It, it, those things aren't true about you or about anybody else. Amen. We're created in the image of God. We have every benefit and every blessing to be obtained by us. And there's no reason that God won't provide for us because he's already given. He's put the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the richest person you'll ever know. And he lives inside of you. He's the most powerful person you'll ever know. And he lives inside of you. Amen. He's the wisest person you'll ever know. And he lives inside of you. So we need to just have a little talk with inside with the man within sometimes and get some understanding on some things. And I think that's the best place to get your healing uh, from from God is just to allow the Holy Spirit and the word of God to minister to you through meditation on the word. Take some time to really think about that scripture you just read. Take some time to really sound it out before God and ask God, God, show me what, what you want me to get out of this. Show that to me. Amen. Instead of just skimming through it and getting to the next, next passage or whatever, you know, we do our little speed reading and close the Bible. I got my, my reading done for the day. Huh? You don't say that about them burgers and fries you eat. Ah, got my burger done for the day. No, you know, that burger was good. I want me another one. Why we got to get legalistic and, and, you know, this doctrinaire about the person of God. That's a person you should be talking to represented on them pages. He wants to talk to you. He loves you. He's got good things to tell you. Just got to sit back and listen and expect good. Amen. So every stolen, missing, damaged, imperfect, unusable part of our, our, our soul is replaced by the anointing. That power that grabs your, your, your confused and, and messed up and fragmented life and pulled it back together again. I was, uh, I, I know I've given this example before, but the Lord showed me something. I was watching, uh, some, uh, uh, it was a, a video or recording of, of them interviewing Charles Manson. And he said, my name is Satan. Yeah, I'm the devil. He said, I deal your life. And he did like that. And the Lord told me, he said, yeah, he said, demons do have, he said, they have card games. He said, and when they invade a person's soul, they will deal to each other fragments of one person's soul. So you wind up with a scrambled mental condition instead of a whole one. That's why one day you're thinking fear. The next day you're thinking anger. The next thing you're thinking torment and you don't want to talk to anybody and you don't like anybody. Because 
on the on the the black market of hell, our souls are fragmented out. But what the the anointing does is it will recall all the stolen fragments and make you 100% whole. It pulls that wholeness back to you. So you don't, you, you sometimes you sit back and, and think about, you know, I used to be nervous if I could get some more dope before the night was over. Or if I could get high with somebody, if I had enough money in my in my little debit card or whatever to get some, you know, I, that used to make me nervous if I thought I didn't have that. But what did the anointing do? It caused, called that fragment of your soul back to you and connected it with the word of God that says, I can do all things when I am weak. He says, I am strong. I can do all things through Christ. I don't need a crutch anymore. I have the Lord Jesus Christ on my side. Who should I fear? Amen. So you can look the devil in the face and just tell him. He said, nah, not, no, not here. Return to sender. You don't get no play open here. Amen. How did that happen? The anointing pulled that call that back. Because it didn't belong to the devil. It belongs to you. You have to sit up and worry about stuff and think about something all day long. If it's going to happen, what's going to happen? If that happens, what's going to happen? If that don't happen, what's going Don't spend your time like that. You don't have to do that. Amen? The Bible says, cast your cares upon him. He cares for you. God does not slumber. He does not sleep. He is vigilant. He is faithful. What more could we want? Amen. What more could we want? I know we want it real fast. We want it to be over with. And then what would you do? You go snooping in something else getting in trouble. So just work with what you got. I mean, just keep, keep working with what you got while you got it. Take care of your little, little as my mother you see, a little red wagon. <laughs> uh, take care of that. Amen. <laughs> Jeremiah 6.16 gives us an instruction for how to get your peace back, how to, let me find it here. It says, thus says the Lord, stand in the ways and see and ask for the old paths. Wherein is the good way and walk therein and you shall find rest for your souls. Just, just establish anything that's established in your life. It's like sometimes you can just be reaching out for something from God and, and you don't know what, what you're reaching out for. You don't know what you need. You know what? Just settle down and go back to what you know. What do you know about God? What do you know about your relationship with God? Go back to the old ways. Study the old paths that you used to walk in and and understand what God wants you to do with your life. I remember somebody, uh, Brother Hagen said this many years ago, that God gave this to him as a word of knowledge. And he didn't give this scripture, but as I was looking at that scripture, I said, that's really scriptural. When he, But he said that, 
some people had come to him for prayer and they said, well, Brother Hagen, we left the church where we were, where we were. And since we left, we're not having any success with God. He said, well, just go to the last place you were, you were blessed and you'll be blessed again. And that's not hard to figure out. That's like, you know, a, a kid saying, well, I'm homeless now and, uh, but where did you get fed the last time? Was it in your family's house? Well, do what you got to do to get back up in there and go get something to eat. Well, most people won't do that. They're too prideful and whatever. They think they're right. You know, I've tried to minister to homeless people on a long term and you continue to run into that brick wall. They refuse to go. They refuse to humble themselves. They refuse to go back. So they rather beg beg for strangers and live on the streets and smell and just be offensive rather than humble themselves. Amen. There's a lot to to say about how people live now. It's kind of getting to be a little chic in some towns to be homeless. You know, they'll come by and give you food, give you a tent, somebody take you to get something to eat, and you don't have to be responsible. You don't have to humble yourself. When you get tired of them, you can get drunk and cuss them out and do whatever you want to do. You just, you know. I'm not saying that's for everybody, but that's a part of it. You got me? There are some people, you'll see them, I was temporarily homeless. Now, that's a different situation because God will help anybody get back on their feet again. But people who make a, a lifestyle out of it, professional homeless people Mm-mm. yep you can pray about whether to help them you see them on the street sometimes i'll see women out there and i hate to see women begging like that you know and i'll say well god should i say well god if you let me pull over and not upset any traffic i'll do it seldom do i get that opportunity you understand what i'm saying so, so it's, there are ways. We pray for the homeless all the time. And I'm telling you, God is their best help. He is their best help. If they will humble themselves and turn to Him. Amen. So, but go back to the old proven ways. You find yourself and you know, you know when you're not being blessed. You know when your life has taken a turn for the worse and has taken a nosedive. You know when that happens. You gotta go back to the old paths that used to work. The where you were, were joyful. Where you had provision. Where you had peace. Where you knew your next was coming. And, and you didn't have any fear about it. So the ancient and proven ways are a way to get rest for your soul. Amen. There are many times I'll, I'll be facing things and I'll just reflect back on, you know, where I've been in God and what God's done. I said, God, I said, I'm sorry for being upset about this new thing that the devil is using to (laughs) put a crimp in my life. Just please forgive me. I'm going to get back because you have done so much for me. If I could just sit here and count, I'd be counting almost forever, you know, just day by day by day. The provision of God, the wisdom of God, the peace of God, the comfort of God, his companionship. He's letting me know I'm not alone on a continual basis. Amen. And I'm not talking about any kind of pep talk. I'm talking about a firm assurance that the God of the universe is with you. I am for you. I'm not against you. I'm not holding anything against you. 
See, that's that's wealth right there. That's prosperity. Amen. So sin provides an assault on your soul. Your sin, somebody else's sin, the sin nature. Sometimes people are born with, with ideas and, uh, you know, to, to do certain things a certain way. You know, people call them generational curses. You know, it's, I don't even use that term anymore. You know, I used to teach, teach from that so that people would know the difference between the blessing and the curses, but you gotta curb it because people start thinking the curse is more powerful than the blessing. They talk that up more than they talk the blessings of God. So you, you've got to be careful how you present things to people and, and how you emphasize them. Amen? you got to de-emphasize what the enemy does because he, he's old, toothless, a liar, a thief. He had nothing going for him. The only way he can defeat you is you got to cooperate with him. He have no power on his own. long as you don't cooperate with that nut, you'll have a good life. Amen. You got to give him permission to mess your life up. The blood of Jesus provide, provides a ransom for your soul. It's paid for. Don't say, I can't get that. Or I can't do that. Or I can't learn that. Or I can't, well, I sure wish I could pray and get a break. You know, you can. You can. Because the ransom, the drop's been made already. Your soul's been ransomed. Amen. You're not going to get any more to get yourself out of crazy thinking. Amen. Than you have now. You got to start applying what God gives you. You got to put the tools to work. Talk about a no sweat lifestyle. How is this for a, a, a the most effort you as a Christian are ever going to have to make toward your deliverance, toward your prosperity, toward your health? Is to do nothing but keep your ears open. All you got to do is listen and believe what you hear. You don't have to go march nowhere. You don't have to pay nothing. You don't have to go lift nothing heavy. Faith comes by hearing. But it's amazing how distracted we are sometimes. We thinking about what's next. Huh? Ah, it's okay to smell the food. I mean, you, you can't go nowhere. If, if, if that's all your only sin, then you're, you're forgiven for sure in advance. But I'm talking about these, you know, these white rabbit people. You know, they're all over the place. I'm late. I'm late for a very important date. You know, all that crazy stuff. Just simmer down. And God has given you a meeting, two meetings a week. For you to focus on him and receive everything he has for you. And then when you get home, you supplement it with reinforcing it and, and reiterating it to yourself so that you can live a prosperous life, the life God has for you. 
See, it'll come easy if you incline your ear. How about that for heavy work? Incline. That just means pay attention. It's all very passive, except you have to be engaged in that you welcome the word into your heart. And allow that word and begin to think about it. After you hear it once, begin to mutter and meditate on it. Amen. Take it with you. Those are the fragments that the apostles, the disciples took with them. Amen. Each one had a basket to nibble on on along the way. And the next place they got, they still were full of unbelief and in the flesh. <laughs> Amen. So God provides everything that we need, folks. We just need to incline our ear. Start paying attention to the word of God. That means you're going to have to quit paying attention to some other things. you got to make a choice. The Bible tells you that. Adam and Eve got nailed on the, the, the uh, concept of choosing. It had nothing to do with food. It could have been anything that God had to make a choice about. But things you do routinely without thinking, that are the, those are the things it's easy for the enemy to trip you up on. You got me? Eve was just in the habit of going to the tree and pulling, and Pulling food, you know, two, three times a day when a, God said, eat as much as you want. Didn't he? Did he tell them not to be gluttons in the garden? Then why do preachers preach that? There was no gluttony where God, he said, eat freely. In other words, he trusted them to manage their lives. You have preachers don't even trust the saints to manage what they eat every day. Yeah, I'm on it and I'm sick of it. Go get some revelation from the word and preach that. Cut this knot. Quit wasting people's time. We know where to go if we want weight loss and dietary advice. The internet is full of people who know what they're talking about. you supposed to be preaching the word. Get off this nonsense. You always like beating up the saints for nothing. Beat them up because they're they doing wrong when, when they're out of the church. Teach them how to live right and quit tormenting each other at home. Being selfish. Amen. <laughs> right. You can't go to Joyce Meyer for that, man. She whip you up one side down the other. You'd be so dizzy. Whoa, whoa, whoa. You understand? Well, she'd get you straight on that living right, though. Amen. And we need it. The rest of it comes easy. The rest of it is gravy if you learn how to live right and holy for God. Be obedient to him. So God through his blood, that that purchase. You know, you don't have to have anything special for, for you to begin to prosper in your soul and for your soul to be healed. You just need to obey God, get in your word. And then there's an anointing that will destroy the yoke if you get stuck somewhere. If you get involved in something that's too hard for you, you know, you can go to the elders of the church. You can go to the altar at your church. 
provided they pray for people there. You understand what I'm saying? Or God will find you somebody who will pray for you. You can pray for on the street sometimes. <laughs> you can get the best prayer you ever prayed had on the street sometimes. He provides for us, folks. You're seeking help. He's He's going to provide that for you. There's no doubt about it. That That help is on the way. Whatever it is that you need. Amen. Whatever it is that you need. Amen. Psalm 16.9. I like that. I think it's the one I want. <laughs> Let me find it first. Before I go off lacking something. And I like it at. I like it is. Let me see what it says. In verse 7, it tells you how to do this. And this is one thing that that we do as believers. I think everybody here understands the power of joy, rejoicing, praise, and thanksgiving in your life with God. And those are tools that God gives us to make sure our souls are restored. See, praise will restore your soul quicker. And thanksgiving will pull your mind in right. Amen. You get out of sorts in in your mind and you've got to find a way to pull the ancient paths that you find to pull back into the will of God and to the presence of God. Praise is one of those things. Thanksgiving is one of those things. It says in verse 7, I will bless the Lord who has given me counsel. My reins also instruct me in the night seasons. In other words, my heart and my spirit speak to me when I'm asleep. I have set the Lord always before me because he is at my right hand. I shall not be moved. Therefore, my heart is glad and my glory rejoices. My flesh shall also rest in hope. Amen. So so the resting in hope is what we need. We need a bright future ahead of us. See, if you're looking up up at your future and you see problems and if this don't get fixed, I don't know what's going to happen. And if this is out of joint, I don't know. See, if you have all of that before you, 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 you're not anticipating anything good. Your flesh needs a rest. Jittery, nervous, getting up, pacing around, going, looking for this, going, looking for that. You, you, your flesh needs to rest in the hope that God has the answer for you. He has the answer for you. And you won't get it being uppity, nervous, and jittery, and jumping. He talks to peaceful people. I found that out. (laughs) While you're nervous, if you're nervous, you can have a million thoughts going through your mind, and you don't have a clue where they came from. So you settle yourself down. Get some thanksgiving in you. Settle yourself down. And your flesh will begin to rest in in hope that God is going to come for you and provide for you, have an answer. The more peaceful you are, the more you can hear from God. You get all wound up and jumping around and and running here and there and saying this is wrong and that's wrong. and mm -mm. He's just going to wait until you get tired. He knows you'll go sit down somewhere at some point and just, you know. (laughs) And then he'll remind you. Amen. Come to me, all ye who are burdened and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. What you need is rest. Rest is righteousness. Rest is holiness. 
You don't have a care in the world. When you've given every, everything over to the care of the Lord, you, you, that's the holiest place you can be. Good thoughts start to come to you and you don't even have to make them up. You don't even have to go to the Bible to find a good scripture. It'll just come to you. Once you get in rest, peacefulness, that's where God wants us to abide. He wants us to live there. There's no jittery people in his kingdom. Amen. We're all peaceful people and at rest. Amen. So God created us for rest. He did not create us for turmoil. He did not create us with fear. In Genesis 2, 2, it says God looked at everything created, called it good, and he rested. The seventh day he rested. Amen. Was he tired? No. He got in his holiness. He, before he was in his divine creativity. Amen. Making this, making that, calling this forth, calling this forth, calling this forth. And when he didn't stop, but he came out of that creative mode and came into holiness mode. Where he abides there. Where he can draw us to him. That's why he created Adam on the sixth day to abide with him in rest and holiness on the seventh day. God didn't create the Sabbath for us to rest by ourselves. Go to the gym. Huh? Just because you have off work, that don't mean you're resting. If God just wanted to cease from labors, he, he would have waited to create Adam. Why did he create Adam and then rest in his holiness? Because he wanted to impart holiness and rest to Adam. Adam, Adam met God in rest. They were both in rest when they met one another. God created the Sabbath for us to rest with him. You don't have no rest by yourself. By yourself, all you're doing is thinking about Monday. I got to get out of here and hit it. I got to get the grind on. I got to get out there. Uh-uh. That's what them people we walk past all the time. I used to roll, I used to roll my window down and say, go to church. I'm much kinder now. I say, please. No, I don't. <laughs> but, but they've, they've adopted walking. That's their God. Take the dog out. That's their God. And they just amble around. They're bored. They don't have God with them. You can't rest. And that's, that's supposedly Sunday's my day. That's my day off. I go and get me some coffee. I go and do this. And then I go to the gym and I go to everything but God. Huh? Rest in God. So God has a plan for us, folks. Amen. He has paid the ransom for our souls. All we have to do is believe and partake of it. Start meditating on the word more. Get into a scripture that you skip over and you think, that's not for me right now. Maybe I just read what I can understand and begin to ask God, God, what is, what is in this for me? Show me some things. Show me great and mighty things that I don't know. There's a lot I don't know, Lord. I want to start partaking of it or go back to the ancient path. 
Go back to the things you do know. God, show me how to give my testimony better. Show me how to be a better soul. Show me how to pray more effectively for the souls I will meet out there so that I can be effective for them. Amen? There's all kinds of ways that we can improve what we do, and God will be glorified. Amen? Amen. Praise God. Let's stop. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for understanding. Thank you, Lord, for your mercy. Thank you, Lord, for grace that helps us in our time of need and empowers us to do good. It's always a good thing to do good in God. So, Lord, we honor you today. We bless you. We praise you. We thank you. And we thank you, Lord, for getting us here to this place today that we might hear your word, have fellowship with you and one another. We thank you, Lord, for blessing our time of fellowship and and uh, blessing our bread and our water, taking sickness from the midst of us. We honor you, and we love you for it in Jesus' name. If anybody needs prayer, I'll pray for us first, and then we'll get to the rest of our meeting. Amen. Praise God.